Welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things to South. I'm Logan Sinner with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon, and Stitcher. Click the Spotify description, click the link on that, and give us a up to one minute voicemail to let us know your thoughts on the episode. Or, you know, if you just want to give us a personal message, do that too. We might play it on the air. Check out the website, miserable-reckless.com for the blog. Uh, for the uh, shop, we have hats, koozies, t-shirts, what have you. It's all there on miserable-reckless.com. All right. It is the 100th, that is right, America, 100th episode of Miserable and Reckless, what was once an idea birth in Charleston, South Carolina, and then officially taken entering into the world on August 16th, 2020. Yeah, we can all say, I mean, what has changed since then? A lot of things. 2020, it was a, so I guess you could say this was a COVID pod. Some people have COVID babies. Some people have COVID puppies. We have a COVID podcast. It's a miserable and reckless. 100 <laughs> episodes in, guys. <laughs> I mean, what does 100 mean to you guys? Uh, it's beyond the, my fingers and toes, so there's not a whole lot I, I can do about that. How many fingers and toes is that? Quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is a COVID pod, but I, I like the comparison. That's yeah. 75 toes, Pete. <laughs> that sounds about right I'm kidding I have no idea I made that up <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at science <laughs> two Mike Gundy's plus a few more <laughs> <laughs> no it's I can't believe it's been 100 they they still aren't paying us yet I, I don't understand why That's I think that's my biggest gripe <laughs> yeah we must be incredibly stubborn. You just need to get some some We're doing a hundred of these and still not yet have gotten paid. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I saw somebody say the other day that during COVID, um, a lot of men, a lot of women picked up OnlyFans and men picked up podcasting. One's a lot more lucrative than the other. I'll have to let the <laughs> America guess which one makes the big bucks. <laughs> That's true. Oh man. Well. They say the the rule of thumb. One of my college professors gave me was: if you can name the top person in any field, then the top one percent of that field makes all the money, and nobody else makes anything. So you can name the top podcasters. Kind of kind of know how that one goes, um, but you can't name the best accountant in the world. So you know that's kind of how these things go. Who's the best engineer? We don't know the name of that, but engineers do pretty well. So it's just one of those things where it's like you pick you pick these jobs one day we're, the thing is we're stubborn and we're going to break through might be 200 episodes might be 1000 again that's a lot of fingers and toes but we're getting there we have qualified for an anchor ad we just haven't gotten to the point where the payout has come yet <laughs> <laughs> but look, keep listening folks cuz we have some ideas about sponsors that might be coming your way some big ideas. In all, in all seriousness, I do think it's funny that mostly every week, once a week, we get together and shoot the shit and bullshit. I think that that is probably what lies, honestly, at the heart of this, that where it hasn't become too much of a chore at this point. And it's still actually a little bit fun to just poke at each other once a week. And so. What's funny is, fast forward 30 years down the road, when everyone's old and this, well, I mean, look, I, 
didn't want to call you out on the internet because that's where I was going with this actually. So it's a good segue. I was like 30 years down the road, this whole time period of us, however many episodes we do, 100, 200, 300, what have you, it's going to be recorded on the internet forever. So this whole, like, like this is like timestamp for us on the things we said, things we thought and things we, we picked and maybe got right or wrong in college football because we know that's everybody's favorite topic. I look forward to my uh, great grandchildren being, being like, "Oh, let me discover about who this man's about," and getting about fifteen minutes in and being like, "Yeah, I don't know about this." <laughs> they click on a random episode and I open the show with, "I'm back, bitches." <laughs> Damn, this guy really likes it's always Southern Philadelphia. What the hell, man? <laughs> Wouldn't you say that show's a bit problematic, Granddad? <laughs> <laughs> I say society's too sensitive. <laughs> oh, if you think he's, if you think this show's uh, insensitive, check out this comedian Dice Clay. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if you're bouncing your grandkids on your knee and they ask where the coin is. <laughs> is the con- is the coin still just Grandpappy? <laughs> Thing is, I'll probably have it. Because <laughs> a penny saved is a penny earned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, hundred episodes though, that is hard to believe. And uh, like you said, mostly, mostly every week for the last was this two years, three years, something. I don't know. I lose track. Not good at math. August, is, August was two. August was two. So yeah, it's a little over two. But it, don't let your heart be troubled, Ms. Rowan Reckless. Ite. There, there's plenty more to come. Uh, all right, so let's go to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Morgan, kick it off. Don't worry. Just when you think we can't get any more insensitive and reckless, tune in next time. We've only kick just it, begun. Because <laughs> <laughs> as they get older, as they get older, jokes get worse, and the base goes up. Because you know what? Elon, run, Elon runs Twitter now, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, I might just have to give me one of them account. Yeah, for a cool eight bucks, we can have a blue check mark. <laughs> oh, jeez! Oh my god! <laughs> All right, with that, good, bad, and the ugly. So I'm going to go good, great, and awesome this week for the hundredth anniversary uh, show. Um, good last week. Unfortunately, even though we lost last week, um, Virginia Tech started to show some some kind of good signs in the third quarter and only the third quarter. Uh, both teams played like complete shit first two quarters. And then uh, we, uh, I guess, uh, took turns in the second half. Unfortunately, our turn we took was the uh, beginning and not the end. So, um, But they did start to show signs of life on offense, which was nice. Uh, my great, uh, Crystal was off and uh, – New York City for work, and it was uh, just me and the kids for the last two days, and everything's been great so far. Kids hadn't got me any, any issues. Ate dinner, went to bed, and it's uh, been awesome. Which leads me to my awesome, and that the other day while I was at work, some great news came out. Now I know we don't talk much about uh, <laughs> the NFL ever. Really, we don't like to because it's fucking nfl but um something that uh three of us on here being washington redskin fans um not commanders (laughs) uh, 
for God knows how long we've had to endure Dan Snyder owning the team since 1999. He is officially selling the team. Uh, Decade too late. (laughs) Shit. Two decades too late. He should have sold the team. (laughs) Um, But it's officially over. And at this, I know some people have questions about if if it, you know Bezos still not going to watch him. I don't know how bad that man is, but I will tell you this: there's no one worse at owning a team than Dan Snyder. So anything, anyone owning the team after him is a step in a better direction. Um, I don't care who buys the damn team as long as Dan Snyder is not in that box anymore. Um, so that's my awesome. I'm excited. It, it's something positive to look forward to for the first time in almost 20 years that football team and uh, <laughs> can't wait can't wait that's so sad that's so sad that the most positive thing in two decades is the guys still in the team but it, it's indicative <laughs> of our, our uh, success on the field it's kind of like owning a boat there's two great days the day you buy it the day you sell it <laughs> this, is my, this is my boat being sold Get my off my team. Morgan, I, I saw something funny the other day that said, you know, when they were talking about Bezos being interested, they said, you know, while Elon's on a buying spree, he might as well, because they have a rivalry, he might as well snake this one away too from Jeff Bezos and rename the team the Washington Musketeers. Because <laughs> it was the last name. Got it. <laughs> Well, it only took 100 episodes, but we'll take credit for that. <laughs> if we'd known right, all, all it was going to take was 100 episodes to make Morgan happy, we would have banged, banged these out in four weeks. <laughs> Been doing two a day. <laughs> all right, good, the bad, and the ugly, Dustin. <laughs> all right. Um, so I'm going to start with the what I, I think is good. So I was... Uh, I want to talk about rivalry. And the, y'all, it's funny that y'all are texting about rivalry today because I was already going to talk about this. So I want to, one of the things we've always talked about benefit of college sports is proximity, rivalries. And I recently ran across something, you know, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, Michigan State, Michigan fiasco that went on and all that's been going on since then. But some of what I've read since then, there's a guy who was talking about just fans sharing their perspective of that rivalry. There's a guy, I want to read what he wrote, what he said um, about the rivalry. And I, cause I, I think it kind of fits, you know, our narrative funny enough. Um, he said, I think the Michigan state rivalry, this is guys in Michigan. Fan. I think the Michigan state rivalry is always more intense for a lot of people. I'm older than 25, but I grew up in Michigan as a U of M fan. Uh, school, he meant like we're like growing up in school, uh, you know, like K through 12. About half the people were Michigan State fans, and that was always the more intense game. I didn't know any Ohio State fans as a kid, so as a kid, so I might have hated them too, but it's just different going to school on Monday after Michigan versus Michigan State uh, instead of Michigan versus Ohio State. Once I actually became a student at Michigan and started going to games every week and getting into football, I started hating Ohio State more. But growing up in state, I think the interstate rivalry is always more heated. I was like, yes, (laughs) exactly. Like this is the whole point of college sports is proximity. It's 
Kansas State fans hating Jayhawks. It's you know the Red River or the Bedlam rivalry down in Oklahoma. It's you know obviously all the stuff going on in North Carolina. It's Morgan hating UVA all day and every day. Like that's the point. And I just find it so interesting that people sometimes have trouble with this. And it also, to me, it's part of, I think maybe why I'm not as big as a general rule of a professional sports fan. Cause as much as say like the Yankees and Red Sox hate each other, they don't live in the same state or the same city. You know, it's just, it's something different when you got to interact with everybody every day. That's one thing that I have lost a little bit living outside of the state of North Carolina. But when you have to deal with people who cheer for the other team every day, the wins are, are incredible. The losses are awful. And sometimes the in-between, who knows? Sometimes it's awful. Sometimes it's great. But it's always there, and it makes you passionate about it. And I thought this guy really encapsulated it well with this statement. And it kind of speaks to what a little bit of what was going on there, what we've seen in the past week um, and the commentary we've heard on it. The other good is, uh, you know, speaking of North Carolina, we went down to North Carolina this past weekend. We spent about four days down there. It was a good time. I, Logan might speak to the reason that we actually went down there for part of his good, the bad, the ugly, but it was good to spend time with family, get everybody home, see Logan and my parents, my grandparents. Um, but I did want to point out cause I was, I was eating some leftovers today. One of the best parts about going home and this is definitely part of the south and southern culture is the get-togethers are always food driven whether it's the the church get together or the sports get together the family get together it's always because of a meal and so you know one of the meals we ate was uh we got ralph's we ate it at the house which is the well north carolina barbecue place we've mentioned on this podcast before it's definitely my favorite barbecue in the world Nobody does it like Ralph's. You always got to put, even in other North Carolina places that do pork barbecue, it's not as vinegary as Ralph's. Ralph's, you don't have to put anything on. You just heat that thing up and you let it sit in the week in the fridge and you heat it up. You bet, about can't go in your kitchen because that's how much vinegar is coming out. Love it. And then also my grandma made us a meal while we were there. You know, she always has a roast in the freezer ready to, to make, you know, gravy and butter beans and corn and cheese and potatoes and biscuits and the whole deal. And she was like, well, I know you're not going to be here for Thanksgiving. So I just want to make sure y'all had a good Thanksgiving. It's wonderful. As I've been eating the leftovers all week, I've just been enjoying it. I don't want to kind of sing the praises of that part of the culture of certainly the South. I'm sure other areas are that way, but I know for a fact, Southern families and Southern culture is built largely around food. Might be why I've Sometimes we struggle with the weight issues, but nevertheless, build around food. The last thing is uh, I want to share is ugly, maybe funny. Emerson, um, my daughter, was talking to us, talking to me the other day. I don't even really remember the context, but she was like, Daddy, work? And then I was like, yeah, work. And she was like, you type? And that's basically how she summed up what I do for work. I just sit in the, at a computer and type. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, I don't. So what I do now, my my life is basically just sit and type. And if we can never get paid for this co- podcast, I guess sit and talk. But um, yeah, she just summed it up with that. I was like, yeah, I guess I don't 
don't really contribute much, huh? Justin the typist. <laughs> <laughs> you should have looked at her and been like, yeah, 90 words a minute. <laughs> you should see my macros. <laughs> so that's my good, good, and ugly slash, I guess, funny. That's my kids said it. I actually just finished my part of the roast just last night for dinner. So, yeah, <laughs> had that twice this week. <laughs> Uh, all right, Ryan. I'm still eating on Ralph's barbecue right now. <laughs> Good, bad, and the ugly. Ryan, you're up. Sure. It's funny that you mentioned the food because I was I got this uh gift for Christmas or for my birthday or something. It's the Garden and Gun Southerners Handbook. There's an introduction, and then um the book's all about the South and different things about the South and all these sorts of. At one point, they have a page, and it's two pages, and it's literally just rope swing 101. And they got a rope swing expert, like a guide or like a river guide. And he explains to you how to make a rope swing. And I'm like, this is like entertaining for the bathroom. But like, I think I could figure out a rope swing. But thank you for including it in this wonderful tome. But uh, anyways, you get to like page two. And it's John. It, the beginning of the book is John T. Edge talking about the significance and the importance and, of the of food in Southern culture. That is literally how the book starts. So tells you anything. Uh, the people at Garden and Gun, and if you don't know what that is, it's a popular magazine. Uh, it speaks about the South. Long story short, uh, they they chose to lead off their book about the South with uh, uh, two pages on food. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Makes sense. All right, perfect segue. Um, I for episode one hundred, I wanted to stay relatively on brand, and I, I, I've strayed in the past. So I wanted to make sure we brought it back to some some good old fashioned Ryan Ryan brands. Um, I went to uh, we I was actually texting you guys about this place today, and I completely forgot to bring it up. But um, there's a bagel shop in town. Long story short, it gets kind of overrun on Saturdays for um, the Navy games. It's right across the street from the Navy Stadium. It's called Naval Bagels. Maybe they'll sponsor us. Get it, Naval, because bagels, Naval. <laughs> so, anyways, clever. Yeah. So they uh, they do bagel sandwiches. That's their thing. But um, long story short, uh, I walked in there on Saturday and they had soup. Now, being a big soup guy myself, I'm like, all right, all right. They're kind of stepping out of their lane here. Let's see, you know, I'll try it, but I don't, no promises. And, you know, like we'll just agree to disagree and I'll keep coming back here, but we'll just pretend like you never made the soup and, and we'll just move on with our lives. Right. Excellent. 10 out of 10. One of the best broccoli and cheese soups I've ever had. I was so pleasantly surprised. I was sitting in the candlestick park seats that they have in there. And I was just uh, enjoying a nice a nice uh, soup and a nice bagel sandwich. So I just want to say shout out Naval Bagels and Big Soup Guy. Appreciate your soup. It's high praise for me to say 10 out of 10. Uh, my other uh, good that's very on brand would be uh, the Martinsville race. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this and if it's gone viral. But uh, I, yes, I'm talking about NASCAR again in episode 100. And uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of NASCAR talk this year, but it is upcoming, the championship race. Ross Chastain uh, raced his way, and I do mean raced his way, into the Martinsville race, or sorry, the uh, race at Phoenix. Um, last week was the race where they cut from eight drivers to four drivers. So what happens towards the end of the race now with the point system, as opposed to the way that it was back in the day? is the point system basically is determined by what place you're at on the racetrack. So you don't necessarily have to win, but if the guy that you're racing who's two points ahead of you 
uh, happens to be two cars ahead of you on the track, you better fucking pass him to win because otherwise you're not going to the next round. So there is all sorts of interesting stuff that can happen between like 15th and 18th or whatever place because people are racing their way through the course of the season and everything else with all their points that they've accumulated. So basically this guy went into full send. He's never been to the championship race before and he's a relatively new driver and Martinsville is a very short track. So long story short, you can, you can watch this easily. Uh, just Google Ross Chastain and I guarantee it'll come right up, but he basically threw his car into the turn three, which is the third turn coming around of, of the circle turn four being right before the finish line and took his hands off the wheel and hit the gas. And then basically said like, Jesus, take the wheel. And Jesus not only took the wheel, Jesus slingshot him all the way around on the wall. And he was going, they said, 50 miles an hour faster. Normal idiots break when you are going into a turn. He didn't. He roughed the entire side of his car up going all the way around the wall, but he was going faster than everybody else. So he passed five cars with this crazy suicide move and went across the finish line. And I think he like beat out Danny Hamlin or something by like two points. And like, they basically just interviewed everybody at the end of the race and that was involved in it. And they were just like, I, that is how you win in a video game, but video games aren't real life. Like he could have like destroyed everything. Like Danny Hamlin was like, I mean, he, he beat me, but like, I guess it's legal. I don't know. Like and nobody <laughs> knew what to say. Nobody expected that. So basically NASCAR this week had to come out and be like, if anybody does that again, uh, you're in good trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like the most, not to call back to senior, but it was, that's reminded me of something. And a lot of people have been saying this, this, this week that reminded me of something that senior probably would have done back in the day. Just that suicide when it all costs, like, I don't care who I'm taking out with me. Like this is going to work or I'm going to wreck the field. <laughs> and that's pretty much what he did. So yeah. It sounds like NASCAR has no appetite for that anymore. Pretty much. Well, Chase and Joey, who are both in the championship race, were both like kind of like looking at the reporters like NASCAR should probably rule against that because otherwise we're going to do it next week. <laughs> <laughs> so so you'll see Chase and Joey and uh, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Ross Chastain, and that I don't remember the fourth driver, but probably not important um I don't, oh it's christopher bell that's the guy who actually won the race nobody remembers him because of the move <laughs> and then i got one ugly and it's very simple i was watching marty and mcgee and sec nation uh we have talked about the office in the past we have talked about the office in our group chat here's my ugly of the week uh not only was they were they sponsored by hormel or bush's beans or something like that one of the chili companies um, they had a real sweet jacket that they gave to Marty, which looked real cool on him. He is, he was really pimping that jacket out pretty good. Um, but they're down at the, uh, Florida, Georgia tailgate, uh, down there in Jacksonville. And as part of their, uh, pushes beans, everybody eat chili kind of campaign. They got Brian Bumgarner who plays Kevin from the office. <laughs> Kevin from the office is there. And if you've ever seen him, he's obviously famous for spilling the chili all over the floor and rolling around it and everything else. So good for him for owning it. He has his own chili recipe book now, 177 different recipes. He's going through all the different recipes. Apparently, he's a big Georgia fan. So he was showing Tim Tebow his alligator boots, talking about how he really appreciated uh, being able to walk on the gators all day long. 
And uh, then he enlisted, uh, and this is the ugly part, Tim Tebow in helping him pick a fan of the week. Normally they get a Gatorade bath and then they get tickets to go into the game. I think you can already tell where this is going. They poured chili on this dude (laughs) instead. And I don't mean a small pot of chili. I mean the jumbo like Gatorade cooler sized vat, like church parking lot vat of chili that went on top of this poor gentleman. And then they gave him tickets to the SEC championship game. And I'm just curious. I know that I would not be um, attending the SEC championship game for a vat of chili. I would just pay for them like a normal person. But I was curious what you guys thought. I'd do it. Free tickets. For the rest of the day, you, you're going to walk around and smell like chili for the rest of the day. Yeah. It could be worse. Yeah. Uh, because SEC championship, no, I'm out. It was if it was a real championship like the ACC championship, I'd be interested. The Clemson Invitational. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I I've remarked that since it was in Jacksonville and it's the Florida Georgia game, you could just say that some co-ed puked on him, and everybody would probably just assume that was true. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> true. Well, there you go. I'm ugly. Is a blessing. Soup NASCAR and. SEC championship and Tim Tebow. <laughs> All right. So I've got two goods and a bad first uh, good going and get this part out of the way. Uh, three records have come out recently that I, I would like to recommend if you're into country and or rock music. Uh, the first one is I mentioned it to the guys pre recording this show. Um, if you're into like kind of pop punk kind of sound of music, there's a new record by Giovanni and the hired guns called Tejano punk boys. Uh, I think it's a very, very good record. He um, is around my age to sign a deal with, I think it was Sony Nashville, and in conjunction with like their their LA kind of like rock imprint. And um, that record came out. First two songs, Overrated and Ramon Ayala, uh, are two recommendations. And the last two songs, You and Me and The Letter, um, a little bit more rootsy on those two, but um, definitely those are some standout tracks on that record. Second album is a very funky country record released by Lanny Wilson that just came out called Bell Bottom Country. Very good record also. Uh, some of those songs were so funky that it would make Jerry Reed smile. So uh, that she's going to be around for a long, long time within the mainstream, and that's a very good thing. And then the third one is by uh, Texas Country um, Stalwart. Uh, stalwart, however you say that word. I'm not a vocabulary guy. Um, Randy Rogers fan. Uh, they had a new record out called Homecoming, and you know Randy Rogers' band is just remarkably consistent. Um, the whole record is good, except for the one song that he wrote about his love for the Dallas Cowboys, because that one can take a long walk off a short pier, as far as I'm concerned. But rest of the record, very good and highly recommend it. So those are some goods within the the roots and rock kind of world uh, that I like to pay attention to. Second good, like Dustin mentioned, um, last weekend they were in town. Um, it was good for two reasons. One, um, we got to go see Turnpike Troubadours in Raleigh. First time we had seen them. Um, first time I'd seen them since I think 2019 or 20, it was 2018 actually, cause they had been on hiatus. Um, it was good to see them back. Uh, they had, they hadn't toured in so long, hadn't been together, hadn't put out new music. Um, it, that was a lot of fun to be able to hear those songs live, even if it was a much bigger venue than I'm used to watching them in, but that was a lot of fun. And then the even better part was I got to see my niece last weekend. It's always fun hanging out with her um as she makes me crawl on the floor and um and go run around the house to the point that i get tired but you know it's a it's always a fun time seeing her 
Uh, so those are the two goods. Now let me get into uh, the bad, which is where we put the miserable part in the uh, title of this podcast. Ryan Whitney. I have a bone to pick with Ryan Whitney. He uh, is one of the former NHL player, one of the hosts of Spit and Checklets, which is a pretty funny and pretty good uh, NHL podcast. But Ryan Whitney was a guest on the Pick'em Show with Big Cat and, uh, and Dave Portnoy this past week. And he took a pot shot at NC State tailgates, saying that they suck and that the Hurricanes fans tailgate better than the NC State football fans. What the fuck does a Boston, Massachusetts native note at all about college football tailgating, much less college football tailgating in the South. Stick to what you know. It ain't college football. It ain't Southern tailgates. Just stick to making your pink lemonade, talking about hockey. Is that you don't know what the hell you're talking about here? That's my bone to pick with Ryan Whitney because that was a terrible take. So that's my good, good, and bad. I've been to an NC State. I've seen better. At least you saw a tailgate in NC State. You can't find it in Chapel Hill. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Parking decks and pearls in Chapel Hill. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't tailgated with me yet, Chapel Hill. <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> What's that? It's always sunny episode where he puts the acid in the barrel. <laughs> well, they're tailgating. <laughs> or, uh, I know. Go ahead. Or the hangover. Yeah. <laughs> Ruthie, everybody. Well, that would, that would be the NC State thing to do, right? Didn't Galifianakis go to NC State? He did. <laughs> now, that wouldn't sound very proper, the, the prim and proper at, at Chapel Hill, their bow ties and sperries. They're going to be sipping wine coolers in their Bentleys out in the parking lot. BMWs. Yeah. yeah. BMW, the there's, there's probably more BMWs, but yeah. BMWs, Bentleys, <laughs> whatever. Let's just say, let's call it what it is. There's no, you know, scruffy looking people at, at Chapel Hill. They're all prim and proper and worry about their image. It's definitely BMWs because it just reminds me of the old joke. What's the difference between a porcupine and a BMW? Porcupine, the bricks are on the outside. <laughs> Which is, I am always confused that you're a Chapel Hill fan. <laughs> You just don't fit in with the usual UNC person. Yeah, there's a few of us unicorns. I was talking to Jordan on Tuesday night, and I think he 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 fit. Jordan's on the. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the tailgate season <laughs> podcast available on Country and Cold Gans Network. And uh, I was talking Spotify to Spotify and Apple Podcast. And he's, I feel like he's the same way. He kind of just like, yep, I'm here for the team. Not for the uh, pearls, but uh, yeah. you know, appreciate the bars. <laughs> oh, it's pretty, pretty accurate. Jordan doesn't fit in with the actual school, and he he at least acknowledges that. Morgan, do you see my button? I wore it just for you. The rest of America can't, but we have to distinguish ourselves between the wine cooler crowd this week. So I wore this beat Virginia button just for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh the- man, battle, battle of the bow ties, man. This is this is the one week. This is the one week that me and Morgan can agree on something. <laughs> it's the South's oldest rivalry, but not the want... ACC's oldest rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already just <laughs> the group chat. Is, is the last time people, anyone outside of Chapel Hill or UVA, cared about a one 
any of these two football programs. Um, I think our grandparents weren't even alive. <laughs> they had like, damn floppers and, and jazz music and illegal bars going on when people cared about UVA and UNC football outside <laughs> on Charlottesville. <laughs> but not anymore. We're in 2022 and and anyone outside. Nobody still cares. And anyone outside those two cities don't really even blink an eye when they are told they have to go play one of these two teams. I've heard a lot of talk this week that makes me very uncomfortable about how Drake May is supposed to win something here shortly. And that makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, he's going to win the Heisman. He's going to win the Heisman. They're going to win the Coastal. And they're going to at least give Clemson a game, if not beat them outright, and then be in the playoff picture. Yeah, Let's talk about Hendon Hooker has to com- take a complete nosedive to not win the Heisman at this point. And they do play Georgia this weekend, so. <laughs> Drake will get invited to New York City, but he's not going to win it. I think that's probably a fair, fair statement. Oh, but. I would almost say it's guaranteed he's going to be invited. But Hendon, he deserves to be in the conversation. Like I said, Hooker's got to take a complete nosedive to not win it at this point. Yeah, and perhaps another reason why I shouldn't be a Carolina football fan. As soon as people talk like this, I would just plug my ears and just, I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, wait till it happens, please. <laughs> like a tortured Red Sox fan before they won the, in 2004, you're just like, no, no, Pedro's greatest thing ever. Please stop. Please stop talking. Please. please. <laughs> UNC's got it in the bag this year. They got it completely in the bag next year. You got this. Mm-hmm. Football, football championship and basketball championship. When was the last time that happened? Was it Florida? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, it Florida. Was, it was Florida. <laughs> All right, Morgan, lead us into the uh, the records, the rankings, and then the pick them for this week. Yeah. Speaking of college football, let's jump right into the records. So, leading the pack, we got Ryan at 30 and 20. He took one game ahead of you, Logan. So what far, are you doing? Still, still got a few weeks left. <laughs> and that leaves Logan sitting all by himself at number two, at 29 and 21. And in the back is me and Dustin at 24 and 26. Tied Asterisk. for third. Still mm-hmm. enough weeks left. A lot can happen. A lot Asterisk. can happen. I gave you an asterisk. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such bullshit. Like, Y'all just gave me eight losses, but we picked games for Logan. Uh, my picks awful. were in. The, my picks were in the document. They were just not in. in the document. You just ignored them. They no, were not they, in the document. Well, if you notice, a hundred percent, they were in the document. I put them in there no, before you recorded because I put them in there at seven thirty-five when was, I was at the Coastal concert. There was one pick in the document. We were hill. all looking at the I document will die together on this hill. And we were all looking at the document together, and there was one pick in there, and it was the Clemson no, pick. And there was I think, nothing. It's else. funny because when I looked at it, all of y'all's were just picked right beside my picks. Because then I will die on this hill because I know I put them in there and I watched it and I set the screenshot. Well, you're gonna die on it because you weren't on there. Hey, look, look, there, look, there were three of us hey, looking at it. Hey, there were no hey, picks. Gallagher. Hey, you're pretty well, considering we picked for you. You're only one game behind the lead. <laughs> well, actually, if we had used the picks that y'all had picked, I would have been undefeated and be in the lead by a game. But instead, we used my actual picks and I'm by, back a game. Hey, yeah. hey, so you should, hey. Gallagher you should be thinking it. <laughs> What'd you say, Morgan? I said Gallagher Brothers. Keep it down. <laughs> Little aces, Jack. <laughs> don't, 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 don't start throwing liquor bottles. Well, anyway, here's Wonderwall. 
<laughs> All right. Um anyway, with that said, um, you know, if you want, Dustin, maybe next week or in the week after that we can come up with a way to you to earn some extra points there. Maybe let you pick just a few extra games. Just flip a coin for yeah. every game the rest of the way. See what happens. <laughs> maybe one hurt. or two games. Maybe one or two games lets you uh let you get one extra point on your win. Well, Dustin's going to sneak attack all of us because he's currently leading in another in another category, but we'll get there in a little bit. So uh, the first rankings for the college football playoff came out this week, and we're not going to go all the way down, all the way up to like teams that are sitting at 17 or anything. We're just going to keep it kind of inside the, the numbers that, that matter, teams <laughs> that will actually have a shot at the playoffs as opposed to the pipe dream. Um, Tennessee, of course, as everyone knew, was probably going to happen as at one. Um, what I did not see coming is Georgia. I mean, Georgia's not at two. Ohio State is. Then you got Georgia, Clemson at four. Coach Khakis is hanging on the outside, wanting to be invited in, but he's not going to. Nobody wants him there. His own family doesn't want him there. Um, They'll have to fight their way in. Get it? <laughs> and fight. Bama at six, the purple not people eaters at TCU at seven, and <laughs> Oregon and five hundred and one jersey combinations at eight. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Unfortunately, Lane train his train did not make it through the tunnel to uh, get inside the top ten on this week's rankings, but I'm sure he'll find a way in. <sighs> Jumping right into the picks. First game up at, at Coastal. Mountains versus the beach. So we got Willie Nelson versus Sublime. <laughs> What's going on tonight in Myrtle? So maybe when they're done, they can go on down to South, you know, downtown Myrtle and have a couple cold beers. Uh, Dustin, uh, you always talk about Myrtle Beach. What are you, what are you thinking on this one? Well, I think I'm going the coin the rest of the season. Let's see what happens. Okay. Home teams are heads, or away teams are heads, home teams are tails. <laughs> we got tails. I always was a beach man. Not much on the mountains. I don't really see the point. A lot of walking, ups and downs. Could be out there on the beach looking at the ocean. Or at the Bowery, which I prefer. Coastal all the way. Let's go, Sean. Is that a joke that you said you don't see the point in the mountains? Point. Could be. <laughs> what to the, thank to you, the Ryan. dedicated and listener. I was wondering if that was a subtle dad joke. <laughs> As a, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> we're, always, we're always looking for ways. Um. Each one of us should have to say their favorite Myrtle Beach bar after we pick this game. I think we're all going to pick the same place, but sure. I don't, um, I have a bad memory of being in Myrtle Beach drinking, so I don't remember any names just being blacked out, drunk, getting kicked out. That's a, that's a, that's a bar that works, the blackout bar. That's fine. <laughs> I, I did not make it to the, uh, the Irish pub that was down the street where Birch said was employed by 
uh, nothing but people straight off the boat from Ireland. Huh. So I never made it to that one. I did want to go, but did not make it. Anyway, um, growing up, I went to Myrtle Beach every summer. Loved it. Loved the, loved the beach, as Dustin says. Beach over mountains. Give me coastal. Logan. App State fans have become insufferable. Their fan base sucks these days. They're nothing more than the Western North Carolina versions of ECU fans just waiting for basketball season to start so they can dig out the Carolina blue shirts. So on that note, go Shanty Claire's Give Me Coastal. And the moonshine sucks, too. If you want good moonshine, go to Virginia. As we're trying to keep listeners in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> there are two ways to get we listeners. Either everybody. make them love you or hate you, because people will hate listen. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what do you got? All right. So I don't I guess we didn't talk about this. So I was on uh Tuesday night. I kind of mentioned it, but I was on Tuesday night with Logan and and um Jordan on their uh tailgate season. And we actually picked this game. I so I have to remain consistent and I picked App State on Tuesday night. Here's why. Re, um long story short, two great quarterbacks tonight. Chase Bryce, 22 touchdowns, four interceptions for App. Um, Grayson McCall, 19 touchdowns, one interception. That's really great quarterback play. Um, I know the game's on right now. I have no clue what the score is. Uh, App State's running backs average 6.5 yards a carry. And I think Coastal's defense might be a potential soft spot here. Um, having said that, someone please now tell me that App is down 17. I'll look up the score. All right. <laughs> and my favorite bar was the Bowery for one reason. Because <laughs> I've never seen my wife so drunk in my entire life the next day. <laughs> So my favorite bar is also the Bowery. A lot of fun times there. And uh, I do have a funny story about Trucker Andy at Myrtle Beach, but it was back before he quit drinking. So I'm not going to tell it here on, on the internet, but I'll tell it to you guys after we stop recording. Anyways, the score to the game is with five minutes to go in the game, Coastal has the ball and they are up 35 to 21 over the awful fan base that is the Mountaineers. All right. Yeah. I and I did not look at the score when I picked mine. So, well, App State's known for some last-minute shenanigans. So, all right, it's true. Here we go. Next up, we got Air Force at Army. Um, I'm a, I'm, I'm I'm a fan, so. game. <laughs> What's that? I said I meant for this to be the coin flip game. <laughs> so, oh well, um, let's 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 do a coin flip here. Coin flip. Then we uh we all take uh whoever the, whatever coin flip lands on. So Air all Force right. heads are Air Force heads uh, armies tail. Let's do it. Let's go. Who's going first? Tails. Whose pick is that? I'll go first. I want an army anyway. Chair <laughs> Force. Get out of here. <clears throat> go do something. All right, Dustin. As a Navy man, pick the right pick the right one for me. God forbid. Maybe it'll land <laughs> on the edge. <laughs> Heads. <laughs> that was not the right pick. <laughs> yeah, it was. Heads is. Oh, I see what you mean. I hate Air Force. <laughs> I, I thought you just didn't want Army. <laughs> <laughs> they help us downrange of their support. But anyways, uh, moving on. <laughs> All right, Morgan. Go for it. Tails. Man, this heads tails thing really is 50-50, isn't it? <laughs> I will say for you, flip for me. I do want 
I'd, I would normally pick Air Force here only because I don't know anything about either team, and I believe their coach years ago used to have the last name D-Berry. So, but anyways, let's see what the coin gives me. I want Army to win because Air Force already beat Navy, and that would mean that Army and Navy would be able to play in the Army-Navy game for a stalemate. Because you know they have the commanders and commanders. Yeah. And yeah. So, anyways. Let's see what happens. Tails. Hey. Got three armies. Got the Army. Thanks for rigging that so that the one, one team I didn't want to cheer for. <laughs> You're welcome. I would rather cheer for a tie than cheer for Air Force. I just want to go on record saying <laughs> <laughs> I can at least get behind Army when they play like Wake. Dustin flips the coin. He's like, which one was Air Force again? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what you yep, got. Yeah, that one. That's the one. <laughs> Thing is, no one can verify this. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's trusting me. He's just <laughs> off the screen. Yep. Uh, uh, didn't even flip it. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, look at that. 100 times in a row, Air Force Wrangle. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> Next game up is Notre Dame at Clemson. Now, in past years, <clears throat> I'd say that this would probably be a good game to watch, but Notre Dame has just not been good at all this year. So. I think fight and I are going to come down to Clemson and uh, probably not put up much of a fight. So we take Clemson. Dustin. I got to stay consistent. I got to flip a coin. Oh my so let's God. see what happens. Oof. Let's see what happens. What are you, like, turning into a Batman villain? Heads. <laughs> Give me the fight and I. Let's go, boys. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to use common sense. Uh, Clemson's ranked number four in the college football playoff rankings. Um, they've moved up one ranking from the AP rankings, which now apparently no longer exist ever again for the rest of the year, even though they're published. Not till, not till next year. Right. I always, I always love how in college football, it's kind of like the realignment thing where they just go like, I know you had a rivalry and stuff, but like it just doesn't exist anymore. Like <laughs> now you have to do this. West Virginia. Go play Oklahoma. That makes sense. Anyways, um, I'm picking Clemson. Enough. Uh, the fans in Tigertown Tavern are going to be going nuts. Um, hopefully, I don't know when this game is. I didn't write in the time, but hopefully they have enough time to uh, Logan to uh, drag their buses all around the stadium and have like the <laughs> pursuit of, you know, all the all the cops on motorcycles and everything. I know it's a big deal. It's a big deal when the Irish come to town. So I'm going to take Clemson. Clemson's entrance is a yeah, joke. Everybody robbed the pebble. <laughs> hey, you know, once you be a real man, run through a dark tunnel. <laughs> but whatever. Go pet, go pet Howard's head. <laughs> I, would, I would go to a game down there. It's a stadium I haven't been to yet. But man, I must admit, I've said this in the past. Sitting there watching the entrance with Logan at Guys Weekend, and I was like, "You can't be serious. Is that is that really what they do? Like paratroop into the stadium or something? That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> go go run down a claustrophobic cut tunnel. You know, it's now, so overrated. We're gonna, run, we're gonna run down a hill, pet a rock. <laughs> Surprised people don't get injured. I'm sure they do. Give me Clemson. It's that simple. Okay. 
Fair enough. Wow. So next game up is is the must watch game. I, I must admit, give me Tennessee at Georgia. I tell you what, beginning of the year, who would have thought Tennessee would become this good and get this high? Um, I don't think any of us would pick that to happen. But um, I'm going to hold for my pick. Ryan, you go first. All right. I am looking at what my notes were because I'm still unsure about this. Um, because I actually wanted to pick this right. So obviously, uh, the Vols lead the nation, forty nine point four points per game, five hundred fifty three yards a game. Here's the problem: they're playing a defense that allows ten points a game. So, which happens? Do you believe that um, offense wins games, and nowadays, and especially in college football, or do you believe that defense wins games? We we saw Georgia stomp their way to. Uh, the national title last year around that defense. It's a new defense this year, but defense still does win championships. Um, I also saw Stetson Bennett basically only complete 50% of his passes last week against a hated rival in Georgia, and they they rolled easily to a win. Um, I think that Tennessee is light years ahead of Florida, and I'm not just saying that to piss off the Florida people, but they are. Um, all that to say... I have been rolling with Tennessee all year, but this game is between the hedges. And Georgia's been there for a while. And so I'm going to take Georgia. I think that this is one of those games where you measure yourself against kind of like what NC State when they went to Clemson earlier. And they were rough and rowdy. And then all of a sudden it was like in the in the fourth quarter, it was like, yeah, we've been here before. This isn't a big deal for us. And like you could tell it was like NC State's season was slipping away. I, I could see that happening to Tennessee. Um, I don't think Tennessee is going to come out and punch Georgia in the mouth. I just don't. Man. Logan, I'm going to let you go next. It's 2022. Offense wins championships these days. <laughs> this is the one of the best offenses against probably the best defense. It's an unstoppable force against an immovable object. But you know what? Hendon Hooker is the Heisman Hendon Hooker for a reason this year. Feels like 98. No balls. They're taking down the dogs at home. I'm still believing. I picked them over Bama and Nick Saban. I'm picking over the dogs and Kirby Smart. I'm riding with Josh Heupel, Hendon Hooker, and Tennessee Volunteers this Saturday. Let's sing Rocky Top. <laughs> In other words, <laughs> I think it's just Rocky Top over and over again. Yeah, Rocky Top, Rocky Top. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, you just hum and say Rocky Top. Pretty much. I mean, their, fan, their fans are too drunk to know if they're actually saying it correctly or any anyway. So, <laughs> if Tennessee beats Georgia, you have to come on the podcast next week and eat a eat something with mustard on it. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> no, nobody, <laughs> I hate mustard. mustard. <laughs> I actually hate mustard. <laughs> or the mustard bottle that they threw on the field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> topic. Good. Uh, so well. You know, nobody cared about Tennessee until big old forehead was there, but whatever. Um, let's see. You mean Peyton? <laughs> One of the greatest quarterbacks ever. I um, love that big old forehead. That's probably what you like, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, forehead, get over here. <laughs> you just start doing it on their Monday night show. Um. 
you know, it, it sucks. Hooker, as, as I've said before, over the weeks, we used to be a quarterback for Virginia Tech. I was a big fan of his. Um, I'm I'm excited for him. I'm glad he's actually doing well, being treated much better at, at this school than he was treated by the uh, coaching staff that is no longer at Tech. But um, I'm going to ride behind him, and I hope he – I feel like, as Logan said, offense is going to win this game, and I don't think uh, – I think Georgia's defense will eventually wear down. See, be interesting. Dustin in the coin. Let's go. Heads. I don't know. Who that. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't Heads know. Heads is away. Tails is home. Okay. All okay. night. Okay. All night. I did I didn't hear you that part, sorry. Laid that out in the beginning. Not even listening to me. What kind of co-host are you? <laughs> Says no, the guy no. flipping the coin for his picks. <laughs> Says the guy not doing any research. <laughs> I mean, I could give you analysis, but I don't think America cares. He was go too to ESPN bu- for that. He was too busy typing this week, Angle. <laughs> I've had a very busy week typing. Him, <laughs> him and me both. Emmy would be very unimpressed if she saw what I did all day. <laughs> you don't, no, no, you don't understand. I did a lot of formulas today. Uh, thank goodness I don't do those anymore. I do a lot of talking and typing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving. Sorry, Morgan. You're fine. The uh, next game up is Bama, the team who lost to Tennessee at LSU. Um, hmm. is this, do we know if this is a night game? Is this a Saturday night game angle? Sorry, I don't think so. Seems like it would finally be a good opportunity for one. Uh, I think I'll find out Tap well, for a second. 7 p.m. Saturday, oh, November 5th, 7 p.m. It is a night game at wow. LSU. But when's the last time Bama lost two games in a uh, in a season? Like two years ago. But it was to Georgia. Well, that just defeats where I was going to go with this. So, um, you know what? I'm going to be crazy. Give me LSU. Love it. I like crazy. it. Uh, it's, you know what? I'm, fuck it. Ryan. I like the thinking. Especially because I I think they maybe had the night game against FSU, right? Well, think about this. So Texas almost beat them at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Tennessee took the, you know, Tennessee just Knock them all around. They got some. They got some some weak points in their in their game this year. And other teams are finally caught up with recruiting and get on the same page. Here is I will admit to America. Here is my weakness when it comes to Alabama. Um, having been to LSU for a night game, personally, and I sat in row one of the end zone, which is crazy against. Lafayette, Louisiana Lafayette or something like that. The tiger went right by. I mean, the tiger was like in this in my wife was in the seat like closest to the tiger. It was nuts <laughs> in his cage. Um that's a crazy environment. But 
I think a crazier environment during the week. And again, I was going to say my weakness that I'm admitting to America is that I'm a Patriots fan. And the coach of Alabama is pretty much a carbon copy of the coach for the New England Patriots. And the Patriots do not, if they can help it, they do not lose twice. And neither does Alabama. And I would be more scared of being at a practice with Nick Saban for a week after a loss than I would, and, and how he uses teachable moments and everything else, than I would be of actually going into an environment with a live Tiger. It's the only reason I'll take Bama, but you better believe I'm going to watch every single minute of this game. I hope it's close. There was a game a couple of years ago that was nine to six, and I think that was in 2016, and it was fascinating. And it was nine to six because you were just watching the two teams go back. I hope it's as good as that. Bama. Logan. <clears throat> Alabama's gotten their one loss of the year that's not in the playoff or that C championship game out of the way. Alabama, after a loss, tends to kick it into another gear. We've seen it multiple times over the last few years. On top of that, being ranked number 10 this year, going into a big-time game in primetime has not been a good thing. There have been multiple teams, NC State's one, I believe Ole Miss was another, who lost the week that they were ranked number 10 going into a big game. For those reasons, Nick Saban, roll tide. All right, Justin, break the point out. Let's go. I think Alabama's going to lose ranked sixth with the CFP. Heads, let's go. Roll tide. Morgan, I like the thinking. You might be right. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, last game we're picking here is Logan's NC State at home versus Winston-Salem Deacons. <laughs> Accurate. They're not actually in Wake Forest, America. Yes. They called Wake Forest, but they're they're too good for Wake Forest. They they're over in um Winston Salem, so pretty pretty far away from the actual name Wake Forest. I don't you know, whatever. You know why they so, moved. You know why they moved, right? Yeah, I do. Um same reason UNCW doesn't have a football team. <laughs> Their donor said do it. <laughs> Uh, um, Logan, your, that's your game. Who are you picking? Spreads open to three and a half, went up to five and a half. I think it's back to three and a half now. State is rolling on a 16 game home win streak, which is in the top five longest active home win streaks in the country. NC State is also has the fifth longest consecutive, uh, weeks ranked in the CFP poll at 10. Um, no other ACC team outside of even Clemson has been in th- that many consecutive weeks, active streaks. Both of those are going to snap this weekend. Um, I'm expecting a big uh, letdown game from the freshman QB because he's 18 years old. Can't expect that much from him. I mean, it, it was great when he showed flashes of his talent. He'll be good in the future, but this week ain't the week. It, Wake Forest offense is too good. Doesn't matter how good our defense has been. Doesn't matter. Offense wins games. Wake Forest rolls. All right, Brian. That was the worst reverse jinx I've heard since Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, you do have a decent quarterback in MJ Morris. Um, he's no Sam Hartman. Um, weird stat. Both of the last two games ended 45 to 42 <laughs> in the last two years, and both home teams won. 
Um, I don't think Wake's going to have six turnovers in a quarter again. I do like Thayer Thomas. Um, he's welcome on the aforementioned Patriots at any time in the future. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that Wake will win, not because I hate State, but because um, I think this mesh offense could potentially cause problems for your linebacking core. Normally, your linebacking core is a strength, and I think that the matchups here could become a weakness for you guys very quickly in the game. Um, if the freshman quarterback is then, or 18-year-old quarterback, is then asked to press to make up points, um, that could cause a problem because then Wake can basically um, go balls to the wall after going after him and cause him to make very quick decisions. And uh, I'm not sure that that's something that you guys exactly want. Wake. And then they'll flip-flop in the CFP. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I kind of agree with with Logan. Um, he's gonna have a a learning. He's probably gonna have a learning game this week, and I don't think it's gonna be a bad game. But I just think I think Wake is gonna be the victor on this one. He's gonna get all tuned up for Carolina. Can't wait. <laughs> Gonna have a few weeks of experience ready to go in there for a team that's hungry on the sitting at about night, saying if something just goes right, we can be in the playoff. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. We're playing with house money, boys. We're just happy to be there. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly how you use it. MJ, yeah, Morris. let's see what the coin says. MJ Morris sounds like a kid that should be on Real World. <laughs> so, I think State's got a chance because I got heads, which is wake. We're all picking the same. I think we got the jinx going. Let's see what happens. We do not we'll have because we all picked Carolina and Ole Miss last week. Both of those teams won. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into, go ahead. That don't mean nothing. Um, <laughs> some other notable games going on this weekend. We got Texas at K State. Uh, Something about some South's oldest rivalry game where two basketball schools are playing. Second um, oldest in the ACC. Yeah. We already talked about the ACC's oldest rivalry. Yeah, yeah. we Wake just picked State. their game. We just picked the game. The longest continuous rivalry. That does snap this year. That's another record that's going to be snapped because the division's going away. Uh, we don't play them next year. Thank God. <clears throat> that's why I put Wake State into the pick'em, and we did not pick UVA, UNC. Because, as Logan informed us all this afternoon, because of some BS rule, <laughs> his his team is uh, apparently laying claim to the oldest rivalry in the ACC, even though my team's been playing another team since the 1800s. It's the longest, continuous, continuous, it's the in, longest in, continuous ACC in, rivalry. And what's sad is that they've been playing how long and still nobody cares? There's a lot of stuff that goes on in the world that nobody cares about. <laughs> yeah, who? So who's going to win that game? Oh, we're going to wax. Nobody cares who's going to win that game. Let's keep going. Tune in, tune in to uh, <laughs> tailgate season if you want to hear my breakdown of that game. The line is down to seven today. Bet the farm and your daddy's farm on Carolina to cover. Yes, it was I nine. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> I'll tell you, the winner's going to be the the winner's going to be the person who doesn't have to watch that game. <laughs> to pretty much everybody. I was right. like, 
Three fours. Moving on. <laughs> I'm I'm picking on you, man. <laughs> All right, now the games we got Florida at Texas A&M. Who gives a shit? Uh, Florida State at Miami. Who really gives a shit? Um, Syracuse at Pitt. Wow, man, I'm just lots of shits to give on this. Um, <laughs> and then Liberty at Arkansas. I mean, that, wow, that one's you know, kind of interesting. That one's kind of interesting. I watched that on the ticker. Liberty only has one loss, and that's a one-point loss to Wake Forest this year. So Liberty, once again, is a sneaky team. Who was the, who was the coach at Arkansas that got fired for uh, getting busted with the uh, intern? I don't was remember. It, was, I think, was it Petrina? Yes. Bobby yeah. Petrina? I think it was now, the cheerleader. How, how funny, how great of a game would this be if you had current Liberty head coach versus then Arkansas's head coach? That'd be one hell of a Hugh Freeze. <laughs> yeah, Hugh yeah. Freeze was him. Like, which one has which one's morals are worse? Tune in next week. <laughs> well, Sam Pittman, he's he's a fan of the jukebox, so you know he likes to go drinking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, I do so, I do have yeah. a trivia question for you guys before we get into the disappointing uh teams bracket. So yeah. there have been five SEC teams in the playoff era who have reached the number one ranking for at least one week in the CFP poll. Can you name those five? Well, I'll say Tennessee and Bama. And Georgia. So we know those. LSU. LSU. And that Vanderbilt? Damn, I thought it was Vanderbilt. <laughs> it's definitely Vandy, maybe South Carolina. Give you a hint, 2014. They were for three weeks until a 25-20 loss to Alabama kicked them out of Auburn. the number one spot. Auburn. It might be six then, so I think Auburn was. So it's six teams then. Damn. Mississippi State with Prescott. Mississippi State, Dak Prescott, 2014. They were the inaugural number one team in the CFP poll for yep. three weeks. Then Nick Saban unseated them on a 25-20 score. I saw that stat the other day. I was like, wait a minute, Mississippi State? One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to bring that up on Miserable and Reckless. That makes sense. They just won a baseball championship. We were talking, I think, before the pod about football and basketball championships. Imagine football and baseball. Not this year, but football and baseball. Yeah. It could happen at Ole Miss this year. I'm just saying. Good. Unlikely. Keep believing. <laughs> Speaking of disappearance. <laughs> Take it away, Dustin. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, let's just give it a quick update here. Disappointing teams bracket. As America may or may not know, if this is your first time listening, we decided to pick uh, teams that were the most disappointing on the year and try to get... Basically, we want to accumulate the most losses by the end of the season. So. We let's just kind of run through here. I really good at picking losers. I am zero three right now. So we started this last week, and we each drafted three teams. If you haven't yeah. listened, <laughs> yeah. If not, go back and listen to last week. I'm not going to recap all that. Um, Logan is two and one. Oregon is two and one. And Angle just can't doesn't know how to pick a loser. He is three and zero. I mean, that kind of checks out. New England Patriots, Boston Red Sox, UNC. 
Reggie Bush in USC, and <laughs> Tebow, Florida, <laughs> Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Anyway, um, so basically, America, we're going to see what happens at the end of this. Somebody's either going to get like six pack beer or six extra wins on the pick'em. Who knows? We'll find out. But we got five weeks of this awfulness to uh, follow. Hope you'll tag along with us for it. We won't harp on it too much, but as it gets to the end, I think it's a little interesting. Maybe we'll spend a little more time on it. But the point is, I know how to pick a loser, and I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bowen Reckless, the biggest loser edition. This is so un-American. <laughs> well, Dustin did spend a little time overseas in Ireland, so he might have picked up on some <laughs> of those soccer ways. <laughs> That's right. They do ties, I think. That's and then right. they do, the clock stops running and they keep playing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's the 100th episode of Miserable and Reckless, as we said. So we're bringing back something we haven't done in a few weeks. We're going to end it on a positive note for once, even though the, epi- even though the podcast is Miserable and Reckless. going to be a positive end to this one on episode number 100. Ryan, give us a bless your heart. Sure. So I can give you guys a real quick update. I know a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the food bank in Eastern and Central North Carolina that was building a new facility in Wilmington. Now, this is a um, this is a food bank that already exists. They're actually in downtown Raleigh. Um, and there's a variety of different places. I know not everybody that listens to this podcast is in North Carolina. But what I'm trying to say is that if you if you were to Google in your own areas, you could look into some of your own food banks. You might find food banks that are doing some of the same or similar things. Um, three of the four of us are from Wilmington, and obviously two of the guys here live in Raleigh um, or in the Raleigh area. So that's why this one keeps coming back up while we keep paying attention to it. Thanksgiving's right around the corner, guys. You've heard us talk about the uh, NC State North Carolina game. It's obviously on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And we're in the month of Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving, I can assure you, um, trust me, I was not poor, poor. But uh, when I had to spend Thanksgiving away from my family, um, there's a couple of periods of time where I had to do that. Um, it wasn't easy because it's a holiday. And despite what you're raised to think and despite what holidays may or may not mean to you, um, it's always tough to do those kinds of things alone, um, especially if you don't have maybe some of the comforts of home that you're used to having. And uh, so what the food bank is trying to do, especially uh, the food bank here in North Carolina, it's technically central and eastern North Carolina. But um, what they're trying to do is they have a sponsor and actually you've got this email today. They have a sponsor that if you go to their website, um, the sponsor is basically willing to to double their donations. A lot of times food banks will do this. Um, so like if you donate 30 bucks, right? That could cover maybe 30 meals. Oftentimes they can get stuff for super cheap or they have super like bulk uh, situated. I don't want to go too inside baseball on this. It's, it's something that I'm passionate about. So I pay a lot of attention to it, but you can basically go to groceries or other places where you can be, where you can buy stuff wholesale and then you can get stuff that is needed. We talked in the past about how that's not always great, how food banks are a great place when you have cans and stuff like that on the shelf. But the place in Wilmington is trying to come from the ground up. Um, and they're trying to do like community gardens and have fresh food and a lot more freezer space so it can be a lot healthier. What they're saying is if you're able to make any donations to the Central or Eastern North Carolina Food Bank 
over the next month, they have a corporate sponsor that's willing to match those donations up to about 425 grand. So basically any donation that people can make, um, it's, it's literally designed to just create Thanksgiving meals for people. So the people can literally drive up to the center. They can pick up everything that you would fully expect to be in a Thanksgiving meal. And I know we were talking, it's, it's perfect uh, from what we were talking about earlier, but the comfort and the happiness of what that brings when you're sitting around the table or sitting around wherever it is that you may be able to crash and you're able to have that meal knowing that it's on Thanksgiving. Uh, not only is it the food, I think it's something else that, that you can sometimes feel, which is charity. And sometimes charity given isn't um, always, we don't always, if we're in a position where we don't have to accept charity, then we may not understand. But sometimes when somebody um, receives charity, it's just as important as giving it because they realize that they matter and they realize that somebody out there, even though they didn't know who they were, they, they gave a crap about them and they were willing to part with some of their resources to help them have a good day. So if you guys think of it, whether it's your own food bank or whether it's the Central Eastern and North Carolina food bank, um, again, with their new chapter in Wilmington and everything else, you could, you could, you could reach out and uh, give whatever you want, or you could find another way to kind of help somebody out in a time of need, especially as we're entering into the holiday season. So again, shout out to those guys, not to keep plugging them. Um, they can't sponsor us because if they sponsored us, then they would be using the dollars that people are donating to sponsor us. So I'd encourage them not to sponsor us. And I'm not bringing it up for that reason. Um, as in like, I, I just, I think it's, it's, it's good work and it's very, very, very simple way to give back in your community um, without, quite frankly, uh, uh, doing a whole lot. So if, if people could do that, it's a very simple and easy way to help other people have a better life. And the corporate partner is? I don't know. It's probably Pepsi. <laughs> I was about to say, is it Encino? They, they never say. You know that. And then, of course, I'm cynical. So should we end it on the miserable? No. I always, <laughs> I always wonder, like, why don't they just give as opposed to, like, asking people to double their, you know, whatever, like, oh, well, we'd be willing to give up to this if people will help us out. Man, you're a corporate sponsor. It's not actually how it works. Oh. I can give you the inside baseball on that. Usually what charities will do is that when you have a partner, be it a corporation or whatever, you will ask them to do a matching gift because that way you can use that those funds to raise more money by getting people to give because people like to double or triple their gifts. That's okay. why. It's usually not the corporation who like does the challenge. It's usually part of the fundraising team that comes up with that concept. There you go. And we'll leave it at that without we'll protect the innocent and we don't talk about our jobs in this podcast. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Apple podcast, Spotify, click the subscribe button while you're at it. Share it with your friends because, you know, we are 100 episodes in and we got 100 more coming down the pike for you here on Miserable and Reckless. So uh, for this episode, (laughs) keep listening. That's right. For this episode, (laughs) episode number 100, I'm Logan Sinner with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, and we will see you next time.